Good people of Los Angeles, it's Dweez. It's Lib. Tonight on the FCFC pod, we talk to Andrew Medina of Kicks to the Pitch, hear about his L.A. origin stories, about how he experienced soccer in the city growing up, how that transitioned to the work he does with Kicks to the Pitch and what they got in the future. Uh, and a disclaimer, uh, we are recording in the backyard in Expo Park of Dweez's place. There might be some helicopters flying by. There might be some dogs barking, horns honking. Uh, we will be cussing, so it's not safe for work. But I hope you guys enjoy. Um, have a good time. FCFC. Welcome to FCFC Pod, where we look into the Los Angeles football community through the eyes of two scholars and an asshole. Uh, Today we have someone, um, a friend of mine, who just happens to be deep into the soccer community in Los Angeles through an agency that he works with called Kicks to the Pitch. He's also done a lot of journalism in his day. He doesn't like to call himself a journalist. (laughs) Um, He also hosts the Kicks to the Pitch podcast that happens weekly. Today we have my friend Andrew Medina. Hello, hello. Junior yeah. Post, let's go. You guys will expect to hear the usual planes overhead, dogs barking, horns, everything. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Occasional just, flight over. We just want to welcome you guys out here like we welcome Andrew. And, know, and once, as you start always, hearing, once you start hearing helicopters, that's when it's the real deal. Yeah, that's, that's when it's part of the podcast. The helicopter's <laughs> actually just the sound on our soundboard right now. <laughs> every time a beat drops or something. <laughs> We're in a studio in Burbank. We're just kidding. We're <laughs> 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 live from Red Bull Studio, man. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Tell us this. A little bit about your story of, you know, your your love for football. I mean, that started as, as a baby. My first memory of soccer, period, is, like, very, like, faint and kind of, like, like blurred memories of my dad watching the World Cup in, like, in 90. And it was, uh, Spain was playing the U.S. And I remember, like, Tony Miola, he had his, he had his slick back hair. And I just remember him, and it was, like, I remember the, the blue jerseys they were wearing, and I remember my dad, like, giving a shit about it, like, way too hard. Yeah. Remember that was my first memory of, like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> can I cuss, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> all of our dads, right? You know? uh, what? Not, not my dad. That's so much you, but... I was... Your dad was a World Cup guy? Yeah, Koreans, like, anything Korea, like... <laughs> yeah, same. Koreans have the biggest level of pride country-wise, I think. Yeah, well, my dad my dad was born in El Salvador, but he, he's, you know, naturalized uh, American citizen, but... Joe, I thought you were going to be like, my dad's also Korean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also rocky with him. Oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> Korean in many ways. You're, you're I drink more, like you guys, you know? That's, you're more of a U.S. fan than a Mexican. Yeah, that's, a, that's another weird, Ooh. interesting story. So, like, I am Mexican-Salvadorian. Uh, my, my dad was born in San Salvador, which mm-hmm. is the capital of El Salvador. My mom was the first in a family of nine born here in Boyle Heights. Wow. Uh, so, obviously, my I grew up more Mexican. My, my mom's side was huge. And it's funny because I have so much family in Mexico still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hate each other when when the U.S. plays plays Mexico, and that's such an odd thing for me because I do root for Mexico. Like mm-hmm. during the World Cup, I rooted for Mexico, but when they play each other, mm-hmm. 
and that comes down to when I when I grew up. Like uh, the way I like, also coincides with the way I got into soccer was I started playing, and I was very timid as a child, like very very quiet and timid. And I played soccer just like every kid does. And then around like like nine years old, I really started to like pick up. And mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. had a season. I scored like started making all stars and doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played. I ended up playing club. And when you play club, you go to it's like a higher level. You have to try out for the team, mm-hmm. pay a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then inevitably, you're playing with like some some real kids. And they're not from your. They're not necessarily from your backyard. These you're playing with. You know, ninety percent Mexican kids from like Bell Gardens, Compton, South Central. Like I mean, these guys were ballers. So go travel AAU travel team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. That's how I would compare it to. Uh, and then Premier, there's levels. Yeah. There's like bronze, silver, gold, and then once you get to like your teens, there's premieres. So like ah. you know, we were playing silver for the majority of my time, and then gold, and then premiere in my last two years. It was funny because inevitably I'm playing with all these, you know, first generation Mexican kids or Mexican kids that were born mm-hmm. in Mexico and that grew up here so when they saw me mm-hmm. you can tell I don't have an accent my, my Spanish is, is good but it's not like perfect it's not fluent Very and good. certainly at the time I, I didn't have the confidence to speak Spanish like that so they roasted me they hated me they pocho this mm-hmm. you know all the, the whole fucking so I hated that you know what I mean growing up I didn't have the I didn't have the wherewithal to like really you know understand that or defend myself yeah, yeah, yeah. looking back I was it was just like I was a kid I was you know I didn't know but so I, I rebelled yeah. against that I was like you know what fuck you it's not my fault I was I was born here and I was, <laughs> my parents spoke English like it's not my fault you know uh, but the good thing was is it's like on the pitch I could compete with them you know or yeah, I was yeah. better than them in many ways especially when we got to high school and we had all these like kids from South Whittier I'm from Whittier and we had all these kids from South Whittier and South Whittier is like again 99.99% Mexican population yeah you're talking like you know it's 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 little Mexico down there basically, and yeah, yeah. when we integrated in, in into high school, I was people would shit on me, people would shit on me, and then we played soccer, and they're mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Where were you playing? What, what was your what was your position? My position, I always played on the wing. I played left back originally when I was when I was uh, <coughs> coming up, and I idolized Roberto Carlos, so I was uh, I didn't really like play defense like that. <laughs> so I, was, I was getting up and down the pitch. Uh, I wasn't the fastest guy, but I I was good with the ball on my feet, and I had really like I felt like I had good vision, a lot of you know, was decent at crosses. Work was crazy. Like You're the second guy in the pod who um, cited Roberto Carlos as like the main influence. Monty yeah, the same way. 100%, man. What, what about what Roberto Carlos <laughs> appealed to you? So I think for me, like I grew up in that era of like, of the, that like iconic Brazil side where you had uh, Ronaldo, Romario. Mm-hmm. I remember Bebeto doing the whole like baby cradle in the 94 World Cup. But seeing them play soccer was like, you were watching art. It was like, it was a whole different thing. And Roberto Carlos was like, he was like this, he was like, it was like art, but with brutality combined. (laughs) And it was just watching him do things. I think the number one, like my, obviously that that iconic moment when they played France and he scored that goal. Right. uh, And he had Barthez just stuck, you know? And I was like, what the fuck was that, (laughs) you know? And then I saw, whenever I could, I would watch Real Madrid. And I, I saw him score this goal. To me, it's the best goal he's ever scored. He was running out of bounds. He was playing on the left wing, obviously, and he's running out of bounds. And he kicked it with his left foot, like on the outside of his left uh, foot, mm. curved it while he's running with two defenders on him, curves it to the opposite post in the run of play. It wasn't a free kick. And I was just like, I didn't understand it. <laughs> you know, it was just, you know, crazy. You know, flash, uh, fast forward uh, to a few years ago, I actually ended up buying that jersey, the mm. game worn jersey. I, I got to go to Manchester and I bought it from a. The game worn jersey? Yeah, so it's wow. a Champions League jersey. It's the authentic, like with the deca. Wait, on you it bought it? Yeah, I bought it. That's hard. Yeah. Me and Ben were there. I was like, I have to buy this. 
Shout he's out like, it's, it's, to the pod. He's like, it's a lot of money. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, that was where it became like, you know, at that time it wasn't different. It was almost impossible to watch soccer. I was, there wasn't really internet, you know, there wasn't, yeah. You know, games weren't really televised like that. I would watch like Fox Soccer Channel and watch like highlights, of course, of the EPL. And I remember like seeing Ian Wright and guys like that. Mm. And more and more, I started paying attention. Um, that's when it all—it's just like I got obsessed. And that was before MLS. You know, MLS started in like '96. Mm -hmm. So the only way I could watch soccer was like I would stay home sick from school sometimes and watch Champions League games. Mm. Or I would watch La Liga games. I remember seeing Roberto Carlos on Real Madrid with Raul and Fernando Hierro and all these fucking legends and then on the other side they were playing Barcelona I caught this match with you know Philip Koku and like Rivaldo and Overmars and all these again legends mm -hmm. so seeing something at that level was just because I had no point of reference like mm -hmm. Mexican League wasn't that good I would watch the World Cup but when you see high level club football like that it was like that's the reason people want to watch LeBron, right? That's the reason people want to watch, yeah. you know, uh, Manny Pacquiao or these guys because right. they're doing things that you're just like, how? Like, how does this, right. how does this happen? Mm -hmm. you know I mean? The level of play shows <laughs> a chemistry that's missing from international. Yeah, 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 right. without a doubt. And so, yeah, that's that's really where it started. So you you were very much like those European football fans that didn't really fuck with the MLS. Well, here's here's there's two things. So, like when MLS started, obviously the Galaxy was a thing. Mm -hmm. I was uh, 96, I don't know, I was like 12 maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was playing club, like that's when I was like really, really mm -hmm. playing a lot. Mm -hmm. So we would go to Galaxy games all the time mm -hmm. at the Rose Bowl. And you would go to international games and it was very much the same thing. It was just, you're gonna have like a big Mexican culture, you know, bacon wrap hot dogs. Power 106 was there. Tito, I don't know if you remember Tito in the morning, yeah. but he was the guy that was there all the time. Wow, five nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going there and like having that atmosphere and having that vibe, and it was like I was like, all right, I fuck with this, you know. And then mm -hmm. we went. I remember the first game they played the Metro Stars, and it was like I think like over seventy thousand people at the Rose Bowl. It was fucking crazy, mm -hmm. and wow. it was there was no. I think the only SGs at the time were like the Galaxians, mm -hmm. but it was still like very Americanized. They would play this like really shitty chant over the, the, the PA. And mm -hmm. uh, it was like, at the time I had no point of reference. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I was like, this is cool. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is fun. And I was just young. So like, that's all I knew. That's mm -hmm. all there was. Did you have, did you have like, by the time you went to that first Galaxy game, did you get, did you have a club allegiance at all? Did you ride super hard for Real? Real Madrid by that okay. point. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's when, yeah, that was leading up. 98 World Cup was like, Everything changed after that, of course. But that mm -hmm. was like, I was I could just see it whenever I could. Like my 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 stepdad's uh, or my stepmom's dad went to Madrid. He brought us back some clothes and stuff, mm -hmm. like Real Madrid shirts and shit. Mm -hmm. So like, but it was still like I couldn't follow it. Like I couldn't yeah. go and like you know I would just look at it like yeah. Get, there like, was no B in sports at that time. No, there was nothing. <laughs> but it's funny, it's funny how powerful that first uh, someone gives you a kid from abroad is like. Mm. Like I still have some of the kids that yeah, I have yeah. and like you're like that's a, your allegiance. What was, yeah. the first, what was the first one you got? Um, I got a United kid way back, way back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's when yeah, Park Chizong was like about to sign or something like that. Yeah, someone so you, gave so it to you, someone gave it to you like they gave you the plague. Then forever. I was look at Arsenal right now. I'm not sure. Which one of us is the player? We got an Arsenal fan. Oh man. Okay, so my cousin's a big Arsenal fan. I'm sorry. Reverting, reverting. Back to the. So I, ironically, like you talked about your first kit. I played my club's team. We were called. Our name was Inter. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what Inter was. Yeah. I just remember seeing, we had like the old patch where they had like the snake and we had that on our jerseys and we had the blue oh, and black yeah. stripe. Those were our first kits. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what it was and then I played FIFA. I'm like, oh shit, they're, they're from Italy. They're mm -hmm. from Milan. And then whatever I could learn, I learned about them, you know? 
but then I saw Roberto Carlos and I was kind of obsessed. I found out that he played for Inter back in the day. And so I, start, I started paying more and more attention to Real Madrid slowly, but my first kit was an Inter kit. Mm. My dad got it for me. And then I started paying attention. I saw Phenomenal Ronaldo. I was like, oh, he plays on Inter. This, that's amazing. And yeah. then he, he signed for Real Madrid you know, later on. Yeah, that was the pathway there for a little Yeah, while. and that was, I mean, he's like my probably second favorite player of all time is Ronaldo. He's, mm. I mean, Phenomenal Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, it, it started from there. And as, as it grew and MLS grew, and once, for me, it, it changed pretty dramatically when, when StubHub opened and I went to Galaxy Games and I was just bored. Um, Not the first time I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I was a just lo- bored. A lot of people, a lot of people. I know. Um, mm-hmm. And then the whole David Beckham thing. And I went, to, I went to a lot of those games and it was fun, but I was just like, at that point I was watching games in Europe and I was like, man, well, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is like stale. It's, I felt like it was lazy. And then the, the, the products, like, they were a great team. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not one of those guys that like shits on the Galaxy. I think they, they were tremendous for American soccer, period. I think without them, there's no way MLS and, and American soccer would be as, you know. Speaking of, speaking of helicopters. Oh, this one's hovering. Oh, wait. That's, that's LAFC Rich watching, you watching only, what you say right now. You, like, only need to be, you, you only need to be careful when you start seeing the spotlight. In the <laughs> that happens sometimes. So, you know, I, I give them their, their praise and their, you know, they, they are yeah. the winningest team in MLS. Yeah. They got... From day one, they actually got some of the biggest players. Carlos Hermosillo back in the day, you know, that you talk about Jorge Campos, you mm-hmm. talk about Luis Hernandez, all these are big, big Mexican icons, mm-hmm. you know? And that was huge, you know? And so I give them their praise. And then getting, you know, David Beckham, Robbie Keane, they, they drew the world's attention to our league. Mm-hmm. However, I felt like they just got super lazy, you know? And in terms of like, not even, I'm not even talking about the on pitch, I'm talking about the way they branded themselves and the way. They don't. To me, they never really represented Los Angeles. You know, there was an identity crisis there, and for me, you know. Mm. And can you talk us through a little bit of that? They, they just released Galaxy. Just released their like season teasers, something like that. And so a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, it's like a return to like the grid and the form of like what LA should should mean." And like some LAC fans are like, "Oh, they're stealing a page from our playbook, or they're doing that." But what did you see that they're, <laughs> that they're missing? Because I, I I hear that critique a lot. I've said that a lot in the podcast. So they don't it, it comes from it comes from like working with them on my on the agency side of things. We've worked with them in the past, and uh-huh. they were open to a lot of things. Like we've got we've done some cool things with Justice Artists back in the day. We did a really cool like locker room of legends type of thing. But the way we were treated was as like we were. You should feel lucky to work with us. Mm. Um, I see. We are, you know, re- like I had an easier time working with Real Madrid and like Gareth Bale and Adidas. <laughs> I'm not joking. Than working with like, I had to go like I had an interview with one of their players. I don't need to say who, mm-hmm. but I had to send it to like eight people, mm. and to get everything approved. I'm like, I'm not talking to Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like, you you guys aren't. You guys are like congratulations, but chill out. Like what, what's what's going on here, you know? Mm. And it just like bothered. It really rubbed me the wrong way. Like you're trying to be like this like Hollywood Santa Monica club, mm. and yeah, anyone that's from LA knows that that's not LA. Yeah, you're, you have to, <laughs> you know? if you want to be a Santa Monica club, you have to be in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. and like you know, a lot of people talk to the point of them being in Carson. That's that's sure. That's that sure. You can argue that. No one ever says, "Yo, let's go to Carson." No one says it. No, it's true. And I'm sorry, like, that's just the truth. I'm born and raised here. Like, I have unapologetic about it. Like, I have... They're coming for you, man. <laughs> the Galaxy got their helicopters out for you now. I have nothing, nothing to hide in that situation, you know? So, for me, the brand and the product 
and the atmosphere was horrendous. I remember one of my favorite things. I think the, the really like nail in the coffin was I have cousins that are from Playa Tijuana. They're mm. big Cholos fans. Mm. Galaxy played Cholos in a in a CONCACAF Champions League game. I think it was like four years ago, five years ago. Mm. My cousins came down from TJ, mm. picked me up at work. Mm. Like, we're going to the game. Mm. Go to the game. We sit with the like near the riot squad. Mm-hmm. Cholos took over the stadium. Mm-hmm. Cholos are way louder. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not even fucking close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cholos broke into the top uh, stands mm-hmm. over the riot squad. Mm-hmm. You could see the awning like bending from the from the way they were jumping, Jeez. and it was like a quarter of, of what they had over there. Mm-hmm. The poor security guard was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> and right, you know, the riot squad was just sitting there like, "Why not? Like, what what the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm. They had never experienced that level of fandom or of like proper atmosphere. You know, and that's where I was like, "This is I don't I don't really fuck with this." You yeah, know what I mean? and so, and so some of this is like coinciding as well with your like professional career and you're yes. you're dipping into culture and you're writing yeah, yeah. about stuff. So you're now starting to think about it. You know, I, what Beckham came in 2007, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I I never called myself a Galaxy fan. I, mm-hmm. or the first season I went to a bunch of games. Um, I went to games here and there. I went to like I maybe saw Beckham play like four times maybe mm-hmm. um, throughout his tenure. But again, it was just. I was there, and it was hard too because I was like, I was, I was very much like a Euro snob, 100%. Mm-hmm. Not even gonna like deny it. So I would be there, and there would be like an offsides call, and there would be like a guy next to me like, "Is it offsides on us?" And me, I would be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I would get filled with rage. But then, I, you, you know, in retrospect, you have to have that learning curve for these people because mm-hmm, right. we're not in London, we're not in Madrid. No one's, you know, I can't shit on this guy that hasn't been following the game mm-hmm. his whole life. So. There was there was that of course, but again it was just being there and being bored and, and not having a good time and, and just yeah. being like, Man, this is this is there wasn't like a a vibe to it. There wasn't a like if you're an Arsenal I can tell you're an, I I kinda knew you were an Arsenal fan. You know what I mean? I can just tell <laughs> there's a vibe to this a, yeah. a philosopher yeah, over, like, over practicality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I but, think thoughts. <laughs> Therefore I miss trophies. Yes. You know, you can kinda tell, you know, like for a Galaxy fan to me it was like I couldn't there was no right. no culture to it. There was no thing to it, you know? Yeah, we since 96 and we win and we win, that's great, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the last, like, the last, last thing I'm going to say about this is, like, we went to shoot a documentary for the first El Trafico. And we were talking to fans in the, uh, I wasn't wearing anything, like, I was, you know, LAFC had just started. I was getting into it. I was, you know, you know getting my feet wet, but I wasn't, like, oh, hardcore boy. LAFC, yeah. you know? I bought season tickets, you know? But I was like, all right, I'm gonna see what this is about. Because mm-hmm. all, all my family was involved, my friends, anyone that I was involved with in media kind of, was kind of on board. I was like, hey, cool, let's, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not only that, but working with LAFC beforehand, they were so transparent and so cool and invited us to every single thing they did. And they opened their arms, they gave us press passes, whatever the hell we needed, we were there. I mean, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So we went to the StubHub. One of the camera guys knew someone in ACB. Mm-hmm. So they Im- That's Angel City Brigade Angel City Brigade For the people Brigade. who uh, yeah. Might not know They're a support so, group In, yeah. uh, in StubHub Yeah so we They sit behind uh, I guess their Is it their north end I think Yeah So we They have like a little Caged off kind of Area where they Do their tailgate So we walked in And I thought Cool we're gonna Interview these guys And it's, we're just gonna Get some perspective We're gonna do like a Fan compared to like you know, little uh, documentary. We're gonna talk to some fans, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'd already talked to like five, six people, and it was awesome. Everyone was so cool, like playing beer pong, drinking, like everyone was really cool. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up to me right away, like beelines for me. He's like, I know who the fuck you are. And I was like, what? <laughs> he starts like getting really aggressive with me. I don't have like a big following or anything like that, you know? And he starts like, don't come here, like, 
bring that propaganda, blah blah blah. And I was like, uh, what are you talking about, dude? I'm just gonna interview like one of your one of your guys. And then their capo comes up and he's like very aggressive. And it was really funny because he's wearing a Marseille tank top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of why. It's <laughs> the hardest team in Europe. You didn't know. Yeah, that. I mean they are, but it was just really weird for him to come up to me like that wearing a Marseille. And I was just kind of like, and he got in my face. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He starts yelling, who the fuck are you? Getting like really aggressive with me. And then the guy brings up my Instagram and he goes to where I like got my season tickets. He's like, this is you, right? And we're like, yeah, he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so we get kicked out. And we're media. Like we have full media credentials, camera crew, mics, like everything. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do our thing. And I was like, all right, cool, man. I was like, Ugh. yeah. So that, that put a bad taste in my mouth, obviously. And then once LAFC came, it was like, yeah, this is it. You know, since the, first, since the opening game, it's incredible. Everyone from the front office to... To everybody, you know, Rich will come and say hi to me, give me a hug. Mm-hmm. Ben, Pat, everyone, I know everyone by first name basis. If I need to get into a press conference, I talk to not even Ben Shee, the other Ben, I forgot mm-hmm. his name, last name, but Goldman. Yeah, shout ben, out to Ben Goldman. Yeah, shout out Ben. He brings me in. Come on, let's go. Boom, sit down. You know, so they have they have an understanding of of community. I think of community. Yeah. You know, and I feel home when yeah, I'm yeah. there, and I don't feel at home with three people. I feel at home with like, the, you know whatever 30 40 50 people mm-hmm. i always feel at home there and it's it's uh people that i recognize from my city yeah. you know and when you're there there's real tailgate there's mm-hmm. banda there's korean food there's mexican food there's you know all that it's like it's la it's a culture mm-hmm. that's where i just i was like this is it so, and then and then going to the game it was just you know just yeah so this is the last question I'll ask you before we take a little bit of little break. But have you ever had that feeling before in Los Angeles, like for something else, like that sort of open door? This is home. Not at all. Can you not compare at all. it to anything? Not at all. Because nothing. When we think of American sports, there's always a disconnect between you and the team. Always. You can you can love the team and stuff like that, but you don't get and sit and like hang out and like have beers with the players. Yeah. Like we can do that. That's right. incredible. And it goes to LAFC's credit and the people involved. They went to Dortmund, they went to all these places and they saw what was happening. You know what I mean? And they said, we need to make this about the fans. They did a standing room only. Mm. That's incredible. Like people don't realize how fucking incredible that is. And in the world, the world is paying attention to us. We you guys have you guys have caused people to, you know, riff on your chance. That's insane. Mm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. No one no one in America has done that. I don't I don't I don't think people understand the cultural context of what's happening. It's it's a whole different thing and I've been to games in Marseille I've been to games at Old Trafford Bernabeu many times Mexico you know Chivas, Chivas America um, Cholo Stadium LAFC has is on par with all of them so not even not even like a like a music experience or like a restaurant that you love a now, music like, experience of course like I, I work in hospitality I work in the bar industry that's different mm-hmm. you know that of course so low it's almost in, more similar to that than oh we were talking sports. about like yeah or mm-hmm. like low in theory mm-hmm. you know we were talking about low in theory earlier and that was another thing that I always felt home came talked to people we're all vibing to the same thing we're all like felt like a community proper community proper like family is what mm-hmm. it felt like so yes not so much in the, in the sports sense of course but in a, in a cultural sense, I felt like that many times in LA, of course. Yeah. But from the soccer, to have that in, in, in soccer, which I what I was always wanted, is uh, it's incredible, and that's why like I heavily fuck with LAFC now. I, not only that, like the style of play, the players, like it's really, really like lightning in a bottle to me the way they did it, and uh, yeah, super happy and super stoked to support them, obviously. Yeah. Dope. Want to do a little break, guys, and we'll get back into sure. it. Cool. Yeah. Dope. Got Andrew here, and 
in the first segment, something we didn't quite get into, but is, is sort of the main reason we wanted to bring him here today is this, this guy runs the show with kicks to the pitch. Rich runs the show. Rich runs okay, the show. Okay, okay, okay. He doesn't I run d- the show. I do a lot of things there. I do a lot of things. Right, hey, Rich, hey, that's not what Drew told me no, before, no, no. before the break, bro. Rich, Rich and Curtis run the show. I, I He's just the voice. With the podcast and with a lot of like on-camera stuff, I, I obviously I'll oh, see so you the voice and the face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What you don't know about Andrew, and he comes off real humble, but... He might as well be the money Give him a couple more drinks there. The humility goes straight up. <laughs> but yeah, let's tie it in. Um, how kicks to the pitch and LAFC kind of, you know, like intermingled to get you into to LAFC and give us more info on kicks to the pitch. Cool. So kicks to the pitch was kind of incredible. Like I knew Curtis. I met him around the 2010 World Cup. Mm-hmm. I live in Whittier. We were living in a house at the time with two of my friends. One of my friends was a graphic designer, and he had this brand that he was doing. And uh, he always told me about his buddy Curtis that ran Dunk Exchange. Dunk Exchange is a traveling. Damn. I mean, he owned it, so he was part owner. So he wow. was part of uh, like a sneaker movement. I got very much into sneakers mm-hmm. and like streetwear culture. So I always kind of like fucked with both sides, you know, because streetwear and all that stuff hadn't really permeated soccer at all, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have collaborations here and there, like mm-hmm. Mr. Cartoon did a couple collaborations, but it wasn't nowhere near what it is now, mm-hmm. you know. So <clears throat> Curtis saw an opening and we would play soccer together. He loved it. He was into basketball, but he loved playing soccer with us because there was a lot of parallels. A lot of the movements and like the, the runs and stuff are mm-hmm. very similar. And he just really got in, got into it. He was traveled a lot. He went to a bunch of World Cup games. Mm-hmm. And then Curtis could talk to anybody. Like he's, he's so incredible. He has zero fear. He'll, we went into a meeting with MLS and he had like a he was like he had like a sweaty hat on and we're sitting at this conference <laughs> table with all these like suits yeah, and he like just crazy. doesn't give a shit yeah yeah and he just says what he says mm-hmm. lays back and doesn't care about his language he just says how it is mm-hmm. so I like heavily heavily like I was like man this is incredible so I fuck with Curtis because of that like mm-hmm. he has no fear and he's shown me so much in that aspect it's no like, fear shameless he teeters the line yeah <laughs> shout out Curtis yeah no, like I love him and I hate him so much it's so funny like everyone anyone that works with Curtis I think has the same sentiment. I think that's the consensus from the what consensus but I love that guy like, I love he's given Curtis. me the world he awesome. like he really has given me so much so the way it kind of happened was I was actually work- started a my dad started a, a nutrition shop and like he wanted us to like take over this business. It wasn't really what we were into, me and my brother, but we started doing it. And I saw Curtis doing his kicks with the pitch thing slowly and I found out that he had sold his share for Duck Exchange. Mm-hmm. And he just started doing like mock-ups of like he'd do like a QPR kit with like a with like a Jordan and just do like mm. just do kinda like uh, what is it called? Where they do the grids, like the photo grids. And it's just like stylizing, you know, putting putting like a style or like a fit to like a, like a jersey. A vision board. A vision board, kind yeah, of. But yeah. like doing it with like, here's a QPR jersey with a nice blue and white, like Jordan retro. Mm-hmm. And then people started like, oh yeah, translating like soccer into fashion uh-huh. in a very small, basic way. And then I hit him up, I'm like, hey man, how, how what can I do? I can write, like I've, I've done stuff in the past. He's like, awesome. He's like, let's talk, we met. And then the first thing I ever did was we went to... We went to San Antonio, and it was uh, U.S. versus Mexico, and we got Stash, who's a very famous graffiti artist. He's mm-hmm. done a lot of collaborations with Nike. New York guy, like, came up through the 90s. Just a legend, mm-hmm. if you know anything about streetwear and graffiti, like, a fucking legend. <coughs> uh, he did a collaboration with the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. We did customized kits with Stash graffiti for the numbering and the lettering on the back. Sick. And then he did a live art installation prior to the match, and we had a big party. With US, with U.S. soccer. And Sick. that was my first introduction. I was like, holy shit. That was the first time I got a press pass. Mm. First time I got, got to go on the field and I got to experience 
like we were walking out of the tunnel and the stuff that Curtis and Stash kind of like ideated was like that was the that was like on the walls mm-hmm. like the graffiti. of the tunnel yeah so, the tunnel wow. so like one team what whatever their thing is like one team one nation or whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was like Stash Graffiti so and I was saw, like what the fuck so you saw like a vision board come to life yeah it just like I was like holy shit now, I was, this, was kick, kicks to the pitch a thing before this project or was this the first this was the first thing you, that was the first that's thing. the first project that they came came out with that's really I think, hard I think they did a collaboration with Bait but this was the first big thing that I remember where they worked with like the US Men's National Team wow yeah. that's huge man. so that was the first thing and now I was like okay like what are we gonna do like right. let's go mm-hmm. uh, then it just became like writing articles and I just would write whatever the fuck I wanted basically mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then it, it, we started to like really refine it and it got crazier and crazier it got uh, to the point where we went uh, I think the biggest thing for me was the PSG pop up that happened in uh, Fairfax several years ago but mm-hmm. yeah right on Fairfax like three years ago yeah mm-hmm. so Curtis rented out a space on Fairfax which is like a fashion streetwear skate mecca mm-hmm. And he did a collaboration with tons of artists. I mean, we had custom PSG surfboards, jewelry, art, of course, and then like sneakers, everything, everything you can want, like a full blown 360 pop up from front to back. And then PSG came down and the whole team came through. Yeah, that was was like, that was the first time I think people, like on a world scale, were like, I think what people don't realize about Kicks to the Pitch, and this was like, it's kind of funny because I've heard a lot of things Mm. from other people. People got like jealous. People don't like us a mm, lot in, mm. in some aspects. Without a doubt, like I think we've been instrumental in like PSG to see a Jordan, you know, logo on a PSG kit. Uh, it's because of us. Like yeah. I'm not like I, it's it's 100 because of us. And to see like the last World Cup kits that were all stylized and presented in lookbooks that were lifestyle collections. They weren't. It wasn't like a player like you know Nike went full blown lookbook like girls with like oversized Nigeria jerseys yeah. you know that, I mean? yeah the Nigeria one just what comes a to mind fit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. but I mean when you're looking at stuff like that we did that yeah. years ago mm-hmm. and it was people paying attention to us and it was gratifying and it was incredible because you know there's no money behind us really like we're we get we get money here and there when we work with certain uh, agencies and with certain brands mm. but it was 150% passion and struggling and yelling at each other and <laughs> all that but also like 150% believing in the vision like as corny as that sounds like we believed in it full force all of us mm-hmm. you know again there's a lot of back and forth a lot of pull it's incredible to see this little niche we've carved out for ourselves and it's uh, it's, right. it's awesome to be a part of and to like have a voice and something like, like that yeah. like to back up Drew a little bit like for those people who aren't very like streetwear acquainted and stuff Fairfax is one of like the four most important streets in terms of the streetwear universe 100%. in the world yeah mm-hmm. 100% and yeah. these guys kicks to the pitch brought at that point still a French team that was yet to be like truly global mm-hmm. to a, one of the most important streetwear streetwear universes and kind of melded those things yeah. together yeah like that's a, that's a really where did first. that event take place where, 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 it was where? at the oh, fuck I can't think of the name of the, it, of the space something letter Se- oh the seventh, seventh letter, letter yeah. seventh letter yeah that's what it was yeah. <laughs> so you had players I mean I wasn't there I didn't actually we had the I whole team Cavani, the whole team came through yeah, yeah. the majority of the team came through and Thiago. they were like they were like blown away what, what people don't realize is like Europe is obsessed with American culture mm-hmm. and the players are obsessed with American culture with American sport with American fashion mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know look at it like Antoine Griezmann is obs- he wears full like Cavs kits like full kit wanker <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. like the whole but like in an NBA <laughs> setup yeah, you know yeah. 
uh, and, and Paul Pogba and all these guys like uh, Kevin Prince Boateng. Yeah. Uh, all these. And, well, and Carlos Vela loves everything in LA more than he loves. Soccer. I've seen Carlos <laughs> Vela. I've seen Carlos Vela out and about. You know. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the reason why we're gonna keep Vela for so long isn't because he loves like the soccer experience here. It's because he loves, he loves LA. He loves LA. He likes going to Lakers games LA. and Dodgers games. Yeah. He's like all of us. Really. Yeah. <laughs> my my friend threw a little reggaeton event. And he was there with uh, Giovanni and uh, Jonathan. Actually, it was kind of funny. Doing ratchet things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, care- be careful, Carlitos. Nah, it wasn't Carlos so much. It was the other guys. So I mean, what has that been like for you though? Like from the guy who gets this inter kit and he's like, kind of feel you know, in terms of the fashion is what I mean. Like for you to see that and now get to marry it with like you and I talked you know before the pot about like when you were covering music a little bit more and. You know, how, how has it been to see all that kind of take shape for you? And- it's weird because we have that, I still have that like inner hipster where I'm like, fuck you, this is my thing. I've felt that on the media side from guys that have been writing for SB Nation or for writing for whatever, we have been like chastised and people talk shit on us. Like, mm. they, they don't like us. They've openly on Twitter, I've gone back and forth with people. And it's kind of funny because they're just from like regular soccer media and they just talk about the same shit over and over and there's no growth it's just stagnant there's nothing there's nothing you're not you're not you're talking to like someone that you're just like it's like a circle circle jerk basically Mm -hmm. you're just you're just pleasing each other you're just talking to the same same crowd you're not expanding you're not bringing other eyes to this the whole reason kicks to the pitch exists is people like we have these things called 23 dinners the last one we did was in chicago for mls all-star in chicago a couple years ago and it was incredible because we had heads from u.s soccer heads from nike heads from adidas heads from real madrid then kanye's old dj kanye's old producer uh, like three prominent um, Chicago-based artists. And then we had guys from the Chicago Fire there. And we're talking about soccer. Right. And one of my favorite things ever, like this is my favorite thing, was we're talking to like one of the DJs. He's the, he's the guy who knew Vic Mensa, and Vic Mensa actually ended up doing a show with us that, uh, later on that, that week. But we started talking, like, how'd you get into soccer? And he's just like, I don't know, it's just, it's just fucking lit. It's just always so lit. And I was just like, everyone at the table just started laughing. And you have these like super square dudes from MLS and from US soccer like, oh shit. You know, yeah. like simplicity. They would never have a conversation together. Right, they would right. never see each other. Mm. And he's like, and I love the kids. He's like, look, look. And he, he was just wearing a new like sick ass jersey every day. Mm. And now it's crazy. I'll go to like, Lock and key, or I go to wherever, even on the west side, I'll go to yeah. like bungalow, or whatever. See and guys, DJ Zoe in his freaking kit. Yeah, Zoe, I fuck with Zoe too. Man. That's the homer. But you see him, <laughs> you see these guys, you know, bringing, coming into the game through fashion. Some people come through it, come to the game through FIFA. You see Pusha T on, on stage with, with soccer kits. You see, you see even underground rappers, No Can Do, would always be famous at Low and Three. Of course, Tyler would rock a Juventus kit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you would see, like. Waka with the Atlanta United. Yeah, and Waka's like so heavily. Waka's like the first fully MLS. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, like yeah. heavily fucking with them, you know? And Atlanta embraced that and was like, we're bringing fucking Goody Mob. We're bringing Outcasts. We're bringing all these guys to the game. When you look at that compared to the Galaxy, you see, you see, there's, there's, there's a team that just like we're, we were really good for a while. Mm. So fucking what? Your yeah. games are boring. Mm-hmm. And when you look at an Atlanta game, how it looks amazing. Yeah. You know they're dancing. There's fucking sick barbecue going on. Then you go inside and you see Waka Flocka. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's fucking incredible because we're you're bringing people that you would never associate with the game into mm. our game, and that to me is the whole purpose. Kicks of the pitch exists. It doesn't exist to please the the, the guy the that's been a fan for you. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. like. You have. You can talk about soccer and you guys can nerd out. That's great. We mm-hmm. want to bring people that have never been to the game 
never understand it. Maybe they get through it to some musician that is wearing a dope jersey, 21 Savage or whatever. Shout out. Free 21. <laughs> Free 21. <laughs> oh, my God. The English, Eng- the, the citizen of the queen, right? The you know, but maybe, you, maybe you're a kid from Atlanta. Why would you watch soccer? Oh, because 21 Savage is rocking an Arsenal kid. Mm. Well, what kid is that? Oh, yeah. That's, that's how it happens. And so... That's how. That's where my passion and my like everything just really kind of grew to a different level for me with kicks of the pitch and it, like that's our ethos. That's what we want to do is we're bringing eyes uh, to our game. From a comp- Paul Pogba was on Hypebeast, was on the cover of Hypebeast. If you knew anything about Hypebeast as a kid, you would never in your life think that a soccer player would be on the front of Hypebeast. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, fashion, ever, ever. Fashion, <coughs> like in large part, thanks to you guys, it's becoming a spear mm-hmm. into soccer for people, yeah. especially in countries like the U.S. that aren't really <laughs> always. Yeah, you know, and it's, it. like I said, it's and it's crazy because Europe wants wants a piece of America. Like, don't get it twisted at all. That's mm-hmm. a, it's a reason these players. Griezmann's gonna be coming to Miami. Like, he wants to come over here really bad. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm LA. LA. <laughs> I know he's a big LeBron fan, but I don't know, man. Anyway, so honestly, one visit to to Miami, and if I were rich, I would go there too. Don't I? I mean, Jesus. yeah, Miami's Miami's a beautiful place. Oh. They're rude out there, but <laughs> the girls out there. Right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty outlandish. Here. Here. No, but but I, th- I mean, I think this reinforces actually one of the main reasons I think we decided to start this podcast and focus primarily on on culture stuff is because you know, in large part, I think we can agree it should be covered more like the arts, right? We should of be course. having we should be having more expansive been, conversations. Yeah. It's not about how many passes on the field with this player and whether or not he's going to transfer to this team. That's that has a very low ceiling. Talking about that kind of shit, right. and it's already maxed out. You yeah. can find. Lots of pods about that. You can find lots of content about that. But talking about it and these other aspects, these, yeah, these these lenses and fashion is a great one. I think. One hundred percent. SB Nation might not like you too much, but for you, I really don't. Here like at FCFC, you are a dream. You know, with yeah, all, yeah, you're, with you're, all you're a dream guest. <laughs> no, no. With all due respect, like, dude, I love those guys. One of my favorite writers is Zito. Like, I I think he's amazing, and he comes at it. He's so like, he's so. What is it? What is the word? Where you just you, you create a lot. I can't think of the word right now, but like prolific, prolific. prolific. He's so prolific. Let's go, writer. Hey, hey. he's so prolific. I didn't know what the fuck <laughs> he was trying to come up with. He's so prolific, but then you you listen to his the way he he speaks. It isn't speaking from a place of like he's trying to flex on you in terms of knowledge. He's trying to like make you comfortable and have like a conversation with you through writing, and that's very difficult to do. Mm. And it's not. And it's not in an X and, X and O's I know more about soccer kind of way. It's in a way that you feel, all right, cool. And you and it's from a different, different unique perspective. Mm-hmm. So from that, like, dude, I, I'm not I'm not shitting on his yeah, nation. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, there's lots of lanes, but of this course, but this lane, course, yeah, yeah I, I think we can agree. Andrew and I, we found out before the pod, both had worked at a at a magazine called Herb, a music magazine here in LA, and I think that like, yeah, at least for me, you know, it's so. This is a different kind of sport. I know that's that's a different. It's it's it may be touchy feely for people who are in other sports. It's not to say that there's not culture involved with baseball and football and basketball. No. There is, but yeah. it's not quite the same. Not at all. And yeah. and the way that the game behaves around the world and the places that you can go um, is not quite the same. So I think when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the places in the world. We're going to talk about a little yeah. bit of travel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take take one more quick break and then we'll we'll get back into it, boys. Sam and I are going to be just silent good. for the next twenty minutes. <laughs> We're back with Drew. We just wanted to hear more about just kind of how your upbringing 
Salvadorian father, Mexican mother, American household, speaking English, how that led you to root for Team USA and what that meant for like you traveling the world to see, see soccer, soccer around the world? Well, I think my dad rooting for the U.S. obviously meant something, but more so it was, like I said, that upbringing of playing soccer with a lot of Mexican kids that hated me. <laughs> that, like, that, like, that like really was, uh, that at a young age, I was like, well, I'm rooting for the U.S. now. But inevitably, like I loved so many Mexican players. I loved Jorge Campos. I loved uh, Matador, Luis Hernandez. Like, they're Aztec Kits from the '94 World Cup are yeah. probably like my, like one of the best kits of all time. You wrote opinion. a big feature. On I wrote that, a big right? feature on that. That was like the most iconic, one of my favorite kits. Just a beautiful kit because it exemplifies the culture and just to be able to infuse that and in, in the whole fighting spirit and the Aztec. You know, it was just amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I started following the U.S. national team, of course, and I got more and more obsessive as, as you know, more and more as, as as information became readily available through the internet and whatever, whatever. And I saw a lot of players that paralleled my upbringing. Landon Donovan grew up very close to where I played. We played, I played Landon Donovan's like club team, not his team, but like the younger version of his club team, Cali. Uh, uh, so they were like a big rival for us. Uh, they're from uh, like 909 area. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a hotbed for soccer. Mm -hmm. I saw in Landon Donovan someone that was very similar to me because <coughs> he wasn't like the most articulate Spanish speaking person in the world, but he did his best and he tried. And he was a Mexican American. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I saw that and I was like, I, I fuck with this guy. And I saw guys like Claudio Reyna, uh, Marcelo Balboa, you know, back in the day. Uh, although Claudio Reyna, I think he has like little wine blood, but still like Latin, a lot of Latin influence mm -hmm. going into the U.S. men's national team. And people that I like, that I looked up to and I was like, oh, th this is a story very similar to mine or something that I mm -hmm. saw as just like people attach themselves to yeah. national identities. So that's how I started following the U.S. really. And, uh, you know... It got more and more, it just it just grew from there, and me being able to travel to San Antonio was awesome. And it got to the point where I was like, I need to travel to watch soccer. I got more and more obsessed with Real Madrid, especially after the 98 World Cup. After seeing Zidane, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. bought the, that was like my first big soccer boot was the Accelerator. Yeah. Um, and I just got obsessed with Zidane. <laughs> watching him play soccer was like watching uh, like someone dance or something yeah. like it was incredible mm -hmm. what was a documentary called that just doc, just like hits him from every angle at, at the game yeah yeah, yeah and it's like it's uh it, it's, it's I think it's just his name I think it's, it's just Zidane, Zidane okay. or Zizou or something mm -hmm. but um, it's just incredible like I, I saw him play I saw him play with the friendly against the galaxy that was amazing but I went my first international experience was going to the Bernabeu and uh, in like 2007, 2006. Wow, so that's the, that's the first one you went to outside the U.S., Bernabeu. Yeah. Straight to Bernabeu, man. Yeah, I tight. went straight to the Bernabeu. Uh, I got like the whole scale of seeing, uh, you know, supporters chant for the entire 90 minutes, mm -hmm. hearing the noise. Like there was like a certain lighting to it. You know when you watch like old movies or you watch like an old game, it kind of has this like haze to it. There's something like very the like graininess. beautiful and like, like yes, it's like a little kind of just like a tint or like a graininess to it. Mm -hmm. the, the lighting, the, yeah, 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 yeah. It had this like lighting, and it sounded like thunder because the way the Bernabeu is built, it's like a built like a beehive. It goes straight up, mm -hmm. so it was just so fucking loud. And uh, that was my first international experience. Did you cry when then they, you hear the first Madrid, Madrid? No, I just was. I was more like I was just, just so shocked, yeah. wow. like wide-eyed. I saw Raúl, like some guy, <coughs> guy I've idolized forever. Yeah. Ike Casillas and all these guys. Mm. And so I didn't travel a lot until I started working for Kicks to the Pitch. I went to the Euros. I went. I saw Poland, Ukraine, and Marseille. I saw Spain, Italy, and uh, Saint Denis. And then I saw 
Wales and Northern Ireland. So I got to see the whole Will Griggs on Fire chant live mm. in the flesh. And wow. I was just like, this is fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking it. And then, uh, yeah, I've been to the Bernabeu maybe like six, seven times, five, six times. Wow. wow. I've been to Old Trafford, went to uh, Man, Man United, Liverpool. An incredible, incredible story was like probably the best week of my life. Hummel. Uh, reached out to us and they invited like maybe six or seven different media outlets and I was the only one from the US uh, to Spain so I went to Madrid but it was the Copa del Rey final the last match at the Vicente Calderon mm. and it was uh, Barcelona versus Alves it was Neymar's <coughs> last, last game for Barcelona mm. so I got to see Messi mm. and then later on that week I had to go to London I met up with Ben who now works for LAFC mm -hmm. he was working with us at Kicks Friend the Pitch the by the way shout yeah. out LAFC Ben so I met up with him in London and they were doing the, the Nemesis, the, the new Messi boot at the time. That was the launch in London. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, they flew out. Every media from all over the world was there. It was mm -hmm. incredible. Like one of the biggest events I've ever been a part of. Interviewed Timo Werner, all these, you know, it was incredible. Two days later, I, I talked to my friends at Copa 90 Europe and they got me a ticket through Heineken to go to the Champions League final in mm -hmm. Cardiff. So I took a, a train from London to Cardiff, mm -hmm. dropped my bags off, and then met with some people from Heineken. They gave me a, that's when I cried. <laughs> so they gave me a, uh, they gave me a, uh, a, like a lanyard. We went up to this press box. I saw like Luis Figo, Aitor Cantara, like all these like <laughs> legends. And I'm, we're going up this escalator and I'm like, I'm like shaking basically. Uh, and then we walk into this suite and- like uh, girl. Yeah, we walk into this suite <laughs> and I kind of just like lost it. I was like, holy shit. Like I started crying. Mm -hmm. It was Juventus versus Real Madrid. Um, the, la the last uh, two, two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, open bar, five, uh, three course meal, like free food. And there was this, it was funny. There was like these young, cute little like Welsh kids that were like serving us, like mm -hmm. in their teens, whatever. Like, would you like some champagne? And I just fucking grabbed the, <laughs> grabbed the champagne, oh chugged it. I was like, oh my god! It, it was nice. like me and this Juventus fan. He was like, you know, we were just kind of had this moment. It was, it was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I got to see Real Madrid, like my team, win the most prestigious thing in the world. Like it was a bucket list. It was the second of the three, right? It was, it was the like, second of the the three most recent. Like they won, they lost, and then they won three in a row. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that moment was life-changing because I, I went from seeing, and I'm not a guy that shits on Messi, you mm -hmm. know, but from seeing Neymar and Messi on Saturday and then the following Saturday seeing Ronaldo. So that was like the most amazing week of my life, pretty much. Uh, and since then, it's a hard week to beat, I think, for any, any <laughs> I would, football loving people you, out there. I don't want to even talk about my travels anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Therese can talk to you about his travels too, though. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. I saw Atletico Nacional play a few times. I was in, I was in their trip-up section in Medellin. Made some friends with some guys. None of them were named but Luis see, Figo. But see, like, this guy's passing Figo on the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like... So... The power, have, power of the press pass, y'all. Yeah, power, power of knowing... And, like, I make friends with whomever I can, you know? And it's not even, like, to, like, get things from them. It's just, like, when Poet and Vuj and these guys from Copa 90 Europe come down, we hang out. We go have beers. Like, for real. So when I go to London, I hang out with them. It's not like a, a this weird, like awkward thing where I'm trying to get things from them. They're just like, yeah, we got you. And it was amazing. So that was like, obviously the, the greatest thing ever. I've, after that, we, we did a couple things. Um, we shot documentaries in uh, Chivas, Chivas America, another bucket list thing. Uh, that was incredible. One of the great things about Andrew and one of the talents he has is saying really 
douchey flexes in a non <laughs> a non douchey way. <laughs> Fucking hate this guy. But see, the thing is, the thing is, is like, well, where can you go from here, man? You've already like checked all the buckets. No, the thing is, is like, I I, I don't come at it from a place of like. I don't know what it is. Like I understand how prestigious and how amazing these things are. I cried at yeah, that place no, because I knew the I knew the gravitas. You know, I knew what it what it meant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Best I knew notes, how prestigious and how lucky I was, you know. And th- dreaming of that moment from the time I was whatever, 10, 11, 12 years old, it's it's incredible. So having that just like it made everything surreal. And I you know, I went to a game in 94 uh, when I saw uh, Bulgaria and Sweden when they were here in the Rose Bowl. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, lucky to go to Chivas America in Guadalajara. Went to a couple of Cholos games in, in Tijuana. But yeah, I've, I've I've been around and now I'm just so blessed and so lucky to have a real soccer atmosphere. Like, yeah, we got some break, we got some breaking news. Andrew's actually gonna run Cristiano Ronaldo's soccer camp on the planet Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been lucky That's enough. Awesome. And now, like another really cool thing is because of that, like we made good friends with a lot of people at Adidas and all these other companies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever and Nikki Sports, I gotta give a big, big, massive shout out to Nikki Sports. Shout, shout out, out to Luis. shout out to Nikki. Shout out George. Shout out to all the Savi familia. Future and friend of the pod. Yeah, man, they're yeah. they're amazing. If you could ever get them on board to talk, they're amazing. But whenever big teams come to LA, they host events for them, and they're I'm always their go to. Like, usually their go to guy to help host these events. So I've gotten to work with like Adidas and Real Madrid when they come here, talking to Gareth Bale and Marcelo and all these guys, mm-hmm. and then even Dortmund more, more recently. Uh, you know, Mario Gotze. We went to go have beers with them afterwards at, at the pub and then during the friendly it was really crazy because like this guy just say yeah <laughs> beers with Mario Goods no, 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 we'll just, he doesn't name drop he, he named Sprinkle no no we were all there we were all there it was like you know they had the supporters there and like it was fucking amazing but oh yeah yeah that thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it you know like these, these, these things are like I still treat it like I'm a, like I still get wide eyed and I still get very Emotional, and I'm very much like so, like ecstatic to be there. Yeah, you what would, what, would, ha- what would have to happen for you to absolutely freak out at this point? Um, like meeting like Phenomenal Ronaldo or like Roberto Carlos. I remember one of the fu- oh, this is another really funny Which is moment. Gonna happen like in three weeks. Right. I have there's a lot of things that have happened, but like one of these one of the funniest moments was uh, we went to this Champions League thing that they're doing like the tour, and it came to LA, and it was again through Heineken, and. Um, they're like, yeah, we have a couple of uh, Real Madrid guys here. Do you want to interview them in Spanish? And I was like, uh. <laughs> Just like it was uh, Michel Salgado and, and uh, Fernando Morientes. If anyone that is a Real Madrid fan understands who they are. Um, young kids? No, 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 no. They were legends. Yeah, so they, they, they. Young kids? Yeah, they were like, they're, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're legends. They're legends, basically. Real Madrid legends. Uh, won the Champions League a couple times. Fernando Morientes played for Liverpool and Valencia later on in his career. Monaco also. Um, but. Uh, like literally from not knowing anything to going to have to interview these guys in Spanish was very daunting for me but uh, I did it and it was nerve-wracking nerve-wracking of course That's but incredible, uh, man. it was incredible so having those moments I you know cherish tremendously it's not like I'm I'm some guy that is uh I'm not flexing I'm more proud yeah know? yeah 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 of yeah. course man. yeah they're like they're like pins on yeah. Sam's hat yeah, yeah yeah and I take like I take those things with pride you know all those 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 yeah. things hold some memories and hold those are like the most valuable things in the world just know? like so. me calling myself an asshole in the beginning of this podcast <laughs> I gotta live up to that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I, I mean I've, tra- I've been lucky to travel and I've been lo- lucky to experience some amazing incredible things and it's always 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 like primarily been because of kicks to the picture because of the platform they've given me um, you know so, so, so what what's what's in the future for kicks to the pitch so kicks to the pitch we had a it's kind of interesting what's happening in soccer media and in cultural soccer media, actually. For us, we felt like we were 
like there there was a point where we'd have to write articles every day. And mm. Essentially, what we were doing is we were regurgitating press releases that we were getting from different companies. We became like hype beast for soccer companies, mm. and you know, like Soccer Bible does that very very well. Mm-hmm. And Copa ninety was doing big things uh, on a cultural level. YouTube was so we would try to do things, but a lot of it was like it kind of deviated from what being unique and being what we were. So the World Cup happened. You know, the U.S. not making the World Cup was devastating for a lot of agencies. Us, like, we really suffered. From from media across the board, anything, anyone who touches soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we really suffered, like, there was no budget for me to go to, to go and create content in Russia. There was no real thread for Mm -hmm. us, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, you know, like, a couple of guys went, Rich Curtis went, and they just shot it, basically, Mm -hmm. you know? So there there wasn't any, like, cool documentary stuff that we could do, like we've done in Guadalajara, like we've done in LA. Mm -hmm. After World Cup, there was this, I stopped working for Kicks to the Pitch for a while, I kind of had a weird little phase with my you know my my job my regular job mm-hmm. and um, things picked up I would say like two three months ago when I sat down with Rich and I was like what's going on mm-hmm. and basically he was like we need to kind of we basically stopped the site like we we closed down the site for a bit and we we basically just sat down and said like what do we need to do mm-hmm. and we wanted to create more thought out in-depth pieces within our world mm-hmm. as opposed to just rapid fire regurgitating the same shit that everyone's doing mm-hmm. so we'd always done these side things that were unique and different but now it was it was more like alright we need to be more thought out and almost create like a magazine where you have these really like layered in-depth pieces and you're learning a lot more about the situation than you would just like a, a basic Q&A or a basic like paraphrasing of a, of a press release for mm-hmm. whatever reason you know and we were, di- we're digging deeper we're talking to designers we're talking to you know, we want to talk to players about culture. We don't want to talk to them about soccer. We want to talk to Hector Bellerin about fashion. We want to talk to Jerome Boateng about music and fashion. We want to talk to Waka Flocka about soccer. So those are the so those are the things that <laughs> we have always been able to do, but we we were too busy trying to keep up. And there's you know, like again, I reference Soccer Bible. I reference I reference Copa ninety because these are our contemporaries. These are our peers that we look up to that are. That are doing an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Copa 90 US, I'm, uh, I don't know what's going on with them right now, but they've had some like pretty severe layoffs, and I think that goes to what I was saying earlier: is like the US is such a weird place Market. for soccer, mm-hmm. yeah, because I think it's a bit of a waiting game right now. Ben said it best; he's, he's the one who said that, and I agree because it's so difficult. It's not like in if you're in London and you talk about soccer or, or culture, or whatever they fucking get it. Mm-hmm. Every grime rapper supports their specific team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stormzy fucks with Manchester United. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Adidas understands that. So they reach out to him, you know? And, like, same thing, if you're from Tottenham, they go after a Tottenham. And, like, those things are just normal for them. Mm-hmm. For us, there's that cultural divide, that cultural integration doesn't really happen, especially, like, because we're so used to American sports. Yeah. And there's a big disconnect. Guys can't even, like, wear their socks a certain length in the NFL. There's a, there's a weird... Disconnect. Yeah, the, the NFL players' union is trash. It's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it's horrendous. your players' union sucks. It's y'all. horrendous, and and the people, the 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 league that has done the best job of it is is the NBA, in my opinion. You know, especially when flipping up the kids and like really making individualism a thing. In, you mean when they come out with Los Lakers and Los C? No, <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Nueva York, baby. I mean when they do like. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, when they do, although I do fuck with the, like the Chinese New Year, uh, you know, some of the stuff that the Warriors have done. Houston Rocket shit and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, just from a design aspect, making really dope, unique kids all yeah. the time. That's that's cool. But um, so for Kicks of the Pitch, it came a thing of let's let's really like focus and make these things more in depth. And then we started with a bunch of different things that we've been have been in the talks for a while. One of my favorite things that I'm super happy is, is coming to fruition is called Kit Kit Stories. Uh-huh. Kit Stories is this beautiful kind of how I'm mentioning all these mementos and these things. We're talking to people in, in soccer media and culture, and we want to do this with like hip hop artists. We want to do this with presenters. We want to do this with all kinds of people in soccer media worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to tell their story about soccer and their memories attached to their, their kids. Right. There's these Real Madrid kids that I have, like that Roberto Carlos kid mm-hmm. means everything to me. Everything because that was my my lineage. It was my way into the culture and expressing myself in a way. So, and inevitably that comes for you guys. I know 100 percent um, with two like of my Korean homies, and we've watched Korean games. I've been to Korea with Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I went to a Korea uh, Seoul FC game. Also, I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't make it because I was hungover. I think I let Drew make it. Hey, bro. We went hard well, in Korea. Drew, like, and I took was, a day off. I yeah, Drew day. was injured for a couple of days because he freaking almost died. I fell off stage. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played. Is uh, that like a euphemism for like getting really drunk? Or no, something? no, no, no. I <laughs> fell on my head. He, he literally fell off. He got of too excited. Stage. He yeah. got too excited when a Dr. Dre song came on <laughs> in Korea. And um, I fell off a stage. Yeah. He, yeah. he fell off a stage and oh, landed wow, no. like on his face. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, no, it was well, real. Like, not like like flat. You know what? Stomach, face. I kind of scorpioned a little bit. Yeah. Okay, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Um, he belly flopped the. Uh, it was funny because he lived. Yeah, but people were worried. <laughs> people were genuinely people worried. Were worried. It was like a fourteen foot high. Like it was. It was fourteen weird. feet, Jesus yeah. Christ. It was beautiful because like I relate to that, and I relate to you guys so much because you guys have such national pride, and it's beautiful. And I think that's. I think that's like one of the most beautiful stories and one of the, the ways people connect with soccer the most is is through national pride and you guys are big Korean fans. I've, I love watching, getting up, you know, went, woke up at 7 a.m. and watched, went to, you know, Mama Lion to watch Korea. Yes, sir. It wasn't the best, you know, outcome, but it was still amazing to be with you guys and to see that. Yeah. And so I, like that, I, I love that. I fuck with that so much. The kid stories thing is, is Ben was the first guy that we, we reached out to because he talks about his love for Manchester United, for LAFC, but also his Korean heritage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's he gets emotional. And if you know Ben, him getting emotional is weird because he's the most callous, like sarcastic asshole on the planet. So <laughs> seeing it, seeing that facade like chip away through soccer was, was fucking awesome. So these kid stories, people don't realize like, some people, yeah, you buy a jersey and you just, yeah, whatever. Like, to a lot of us, these things are, like, sacred. Yeah. They're very, it's a very, very big deal. Right. You know, and I consider it, like, the, again, the stories that you're going to hear from this. We just did Rich. He talks about his Jamaican upbringing and things like that. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he got to Arsenal and mm-hmm. Thierry Henry and all these things. And you, it's just beautiful. It's just, it's such a cool way to tell a story about someone's, someone's way into soccer. Because... Mm-hmm. For so many people, especially on the media side of things, on the basic X and O media side of things, they look at us and they're like, look at this fucking, this douchebag or whatever, whatever. He's, you know, and, and, and they look at us as they don't understand that there's a whole, like, lifestyle and a real love mm. to what we're doing. I'm not just wearing a jersey. I don't just wear a jersey. Yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. There has to be something attached to it for me. That Korea um, pre-match kit with the 
I had to buy that. <laughs> that was just like the most fire kid I've ever no seen. One goes so. home. Well, you've been to yeah. Korea, so you. I've have been to Korea. Connection. I have good Korean homies, K Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I fucking love K Town. K Town holds you down, bro. It's yeah, good. yeah. So you have you. Have I felt I, I felt that connection. Oh, yeah. You know, I felt that connection. So. You know, again, and there's a lot of other things. Like, I'm, I just there's going to be this amazing story we're doing with uh, with the designer of the Copa 19 and how he started off doing like transportation design, designing uh, cars and motorcycles, and how he, it evolved into footwear and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then he designed the, the latest Copa 19. And there's all these incredible, like, beautiful stories that people just look at an object and they think that's all that's it, that's all there is to it, but. There's so much more uh, in there. So yeah. finding those stories, uncovering them, and showing. Now we're like, I love it because we're showing people on the other side, like, holy shit, this isn't just a boot. Like, this isn't just some guy didn't just fucking. No, there's so much history and that goes into drawing it. and like going yeah. back and forth and conception. Like, this guy was thinking of like space and like and Ducatis and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Those these are incredible things that need to be told. And so, it's now it's awesome because we don't have to waste time. In regurgitating the same shit, yeah. we get to like really focus and like tell the stories that we want yeah. and focus on it. And thankfully, World Soccer, uh, World Soccer Shop has gotten involved, giving us some money, which is incredible. Shouts out World Soccer Shop. Shouts out to World Soccer Shop. Yeah. So, um, and more importantly, like I think uh, now we get to focus and create like the, like the best content that we want at, at our pace. And it's uh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's super, I th- super duper exciting. That's some some we can both get down on. And I think like as we finish up our. Uh, Phoenix Oolong here, uh, tea time with Dweez. Hey. Shout out to Mark Anthony K for rising like a phoenix, getting back on the pitch today. Hey. Um, My favorite LAFC player, by the way. His favorite. Oh, Mark Anthony. Yeah. I think uh, maybe. I too. Hey, is it is it only right that we tell our kid stories? Yeah. Right now, go I around would the table that. and tell. I would, and tell I would love that. Can, I would we, love can that. we rock that? Yeah. yeah just you in it, like yeah. Just I would. I think that's incredible. Go ahead. Who? You want me to go first? Yes. So if you're if you're not ready, so do your first. United kit and then do your Korea kit. That's the way we do it, right? So for me, you'll you'll see mine, but I want I want to hear yours because I think that's that's important. I think instead of a United kit, LAFC took over that spot. I love that. Um, I mean, there, I, I I discovered the difference of become being a Manchester United fan versus being an LAFC supporter. Um, but. Newsflash to me, it's still country over club, so my career kit would still go over that. Was uh, there one kit that you own or that you kind of like always remember? I feel like for you guys, maybe like 2002 World Cup. Um, yeah, yeah, that 2002 World Cup, uh, the, the ones that kind of licked pink. They looked uh, pink for a while, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had the like, they had the like. That kind of global like stripe. And you guys had that like grayish blue. Yeah, those, those were yeah. fucking fire. I love those. Um, Cruz always had dope kits though. But that, that's the kit that I remember. But like the the first one that I own that really has that type of weight for me is because <clears throat> I, I still don't own that Korea kit. But it's still something like it's your, yeah. It's your to me if I it's see your grail, it, right? Yeah, like yeah, grail. that's the yeah. grail. Yeah. Um, but that kit that I own that's that everything to me is that. That black LAFC first 2018 hey, inaugural season black baby. kit. Um, you yeah, know. first dude, that first moment walking down Christmas tree when I just saw like all my family mm-hmm. uncles. Mm-hmm. I saw a band with like tubas. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm talking banda, like fucking. <laughs> all right, I'm talking like a band with like accordions and fucking drums. Mm-hmm. There's carne asada. There's Korean barbecue. There's everything. Yeah. Oh man, it was amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm even talking from like the start of the kit launch. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Um, shout out my the homie Ben who who put all that together. You know what I mean? I know how much hard work he put into that. 
um, you know, having players up there, just having a, what, everyone up there celebrating. Um, the big old group picture we took with the Hodor looking full in the front. <laughs> everyone knows exactly. If, if you guys were there, you know exactly, know exactly. what I'm talking about. He's a fucking club Iconic legend. Moment, dude. Fucking club legend, Hodor. Have we seen him since then? No, nobody knows where the fuck that guy is. He's probably holding a door open somewhere. Um, he lives in that parking, parking <laughs> complex, too. And then for you, you mentioned Arsenal. Arsenal for sure. I mean, I'm a janky motherfucker, so you know when it comes to these like cool kids, and I just couldn't always afford. I couldn't always afford to like you know buy all the nicest gear, but I could afford to make my way around the world somehow. I don't know how that how to square that circle, but uh, I actually I think if if I go back, I've only ever owned one United States men's national team thing. I'm, I'm actually like, you know. I'm kind of on the sidelines, U.S. I, I secretly want the U.S. to win, but I keep my mouth shut about it. <laughs> um, You're opening up Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, 90, but 94, man, the, the stars and stripes, right? Really? I didn't. I did not have the real one. I had a. I had a shirt. A shirt uh, reprint or whatever it was. That's awesome. And I used that shirt. And my mom, when she hears this, is probably gonna remember this. I used that shirt so much, and I was. So corny, tying my little hair up like uh, Kobe Jones dreadlocks. And oh, I was like, say like Brian Mc. They say like Brian McBride with the like. <laughs> no, little was, <laughs> Kobe was my guy, man. Kobe was my guy, and like, <laughs> I recently found out in '95, the year after the World Cup, he, he was actually briefly with Vasco da Gama in Brazil, yeah. which is my Brazilian team. Mm-hmm. When I was in Rio, I had a, a lot of really special experiences in the San Januario, yeah. and like, so that I kind of made me made made my love for uh, Kobe run deep because it didn't it didn't run that deep when he was at the Galaxy, but. Um, I had my I had my hair all tied up and I was running around in that shirt everywhere and I, and I ripped like the biggest white star just because I was playing with it so often and my mom kept re-sewing that star like she would sit down and she would, she would sew it and I kept that shirt fucking incredible I, she's, got, she's got to still have it somewhere and like I kept that shirt like you know, forever, and it's still to this day the only U.S. the U.S. garb I've ever purchased or yeah. ever owned. It's um, funny because I only have one U.S. jersey, also. Yeah, and so and and I and I saw the U.S. play in South Africa when they were playing Ghana. Bob Bradley's oh last, my God. I believe, his last game in charge of the U.S. Then because they got knocked out after that. Oh, you're talking about the uh, way back when it was like Jimmy Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 2010, right? Yeah, no, no, Bob 2000. Bradley. No, the 2010 World 2010, Cup in South 2010. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. um, so I'm, I'm sitting there and and. Low-key, I, I did... I, I was hoping the U.S. perform well. I wanted Ghana to win. We were in Africa. Oh, and it, wow. it, was the last, it was the last... Ghana was the last African, African team in. And it was just like this... It was like a gut punch to the continent at the time because Ivory Coast wasn't going to advance and all these hopes with these other teams that weren't going weren't to do anything. So I, I was happy to see to see Ghana go through, but I didn't even have anything U.S. on at the time. I didn't have my Stars and Stripes. Uh, <laughs> that, that kid, I don't even know what, it, what the technical name... Do you, do you know what that kit was called? Was it just called Stars and Stripes? I don't or? know the name of it, but I know, you know it was exactly what super about. iconic. Yeah, yeah, super iconic. Was it, like it, denim looking? it was almost like a denim-looking like denim. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very, very cool. And um, yeah, so that, that, that's got to be that's gotta be it for me. My first Arsenal kit... Also janky, in a different way. Uh, I got it on eBay because I was just a student, and I and I was a senior in college actually when they uh, when they went on the Invincibles run, and I was just like obviously obsessed with Dennis Bergkamp, and I was like Terry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, oh, Terry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp. I didn't know which one, didn't know which one, didn't yeah. know which one. So I went with the with the blue, and I and I ordered it, got it to my dorm room. The blue uh, like O two. 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, or two on the yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got uh, my, my dorm room here. At, I went to Loyola Marymount University. Shout out to LMU over, over on the bluff near the airport. And uh, <laughs> I got it. I remember opening it up and I was so excited to rock it around campus. It was like, <laughs> you know, like I was going to be the guy who was, I was already playing on the club team there and shit. So I wanted to flex on people, let them know what time it was. <laughs> you know, the Invincibles. So I, I put it on though, and the neck. Like it's choked awkward. me. Yeah. It, it was like some jankily made, horribly knocked it? off from China. Like, did you get it from China? I don't know where. You know, it, was from, it was from eBay. It was just you know, I'm sure wherever it was made, they did not have my neck in mind. I'm not a big guy, but it was choking me, and so I couldn't ever rock it that much. So in both cases, I kind of didn't have a. Have but still, a, there's those there's those oh yeah rails those things Incredibly. that are imprinted in your mind that you'll never. I can't you know. wait for the kicks of the pitch pit uh, kit series. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's awesome, Josh. <laughs> Josh, put us on. Um, I love my my LFC inaugural season kit, Carlos Vela number ten. I think the ten the ten shirt first ten shirt in history is is something very symbolic and sacred. So I was happy to get Vela's. Um, that has a special place in my heart now, especially now that LFC has become like my defining passion and love. Mm-hmm. But um, with the Korea kit, like same as you, Dewey's like my parents could only afford like. Off-brand be, <laughs> be the Reds. Be the Reds. Oh, God. I have, I have one of those. <laughs> my, my mom works for this Korean bank, Uryuneng, and then they made this run of pink shirts with a cartoon Chisung Park. It says, I love Chisung with, like, a heart on it. <laughs> with running. So and I used to get, like, a lot of, like, homophobic Dude, comments no. about it. You need, yeah. to, you need to reprint them. I don't give a fuck. You need oh, to, like, they, you need to find them. Yeah, they're freaking iconic, dude. I love So I would rock that for all my games, all that stuff. And then um, most recently... For this World Cup, or uh, this recent run with Ben's friends at in Korea with Over the Pitch, they make a lot of um, official KFA licensed merchandise, but they got to print all the, the nameplates and letters uh, and numbers. And so I got Ki Sung Young, which is the Korean captain who had a really shit World Cup and Asian Cup because he got hurt all the time. But <laughs> I grew up with that guy. When he was a youth player at FC Seoul and watching for the last 10 years for him to become captain of Korea and seeing him captain the team. like And for me to be able to spend my own money, Mm. Yeah, it was priceless too. Let yeah. me tell you a little story about Ki Sung Young. Do you know how he married his wife? So she was the host of like a, a TV show or something. Was uh-huh. it like some American Idol shit? Because you guys love <laughs> that shit. We love Brian. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Korea, no, 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 there was, was usually just... like eight channels of just like people singing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. This is when he almost died and he had to stay home. <laughs> so he was just watching TV, watching fucking Star I was just ordering McDonald's to the door, like eating the yeah. McMuffins, you know, all jet lagged and shit. Like. <laughs> so Ki Sung Young goes on like a Korean uh, like interview show. And like they ask, oh, what, like the girl who's now his yeah, wife asks, like, what, what what type of girl do you like? And he goes, I like your type. Oh, That's my captain right there, dog. <laughs> oh, captain, my That's captain. That's my captain. She was a lot older than that him, too. She was older. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shoot your shot. That's huh? a real God captain. Damn, man, Not man, a dude. bitch ass captain like Lawrence Simon. Hey. Wow, hey. hey. oh, someone's in the fields, huh? Proceeding yeah. with your kid story. <laughs> no, that's it, man. Kizong Young, my captain. Uh, Vela, also a captain here. I got mm. a thing for, for captains that are not named oh, Simon. You like them armbands. He's, the, cap- uh, he's the captain of this pod. We should just you. give him an armband. Every time. Josh wants to tie his ponytails with the fucking captain's armband. That's what I'm waiting for, man. <laughs> you know, so yeah. tea time with Dweez is is first and foremost a predictions pool at the end of it. So I got a prediction prediction to ask you, as someone of Salvadorian heritage, uh-huh. we LAFC's just signed their first Salvadorian player and mm-hmm. Fito Zelaya. Yeah. Can you talk to me? Give us give us an analysis of where Fito is in his career and predict for me 
How many goals does Elias scores this season? So admittedly, Ooh. admittedly, I'm not the biggest like I didn't grow up Salvadorian. I should say that my only point of reference for like proper Salvadorian culture was going over my grandmother's house and having her speak Spanish. Her Spanish was obviously incredibly different from mm-hmm. Mexican Spanish, mm-hmm. and then the food. And everyone knows pupusas, of course, but we'd have like quesadilla, pan con chumpe, like amazing caldo. Like I mean, we'd have like incredible, incredible food. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was had a pretty rough life. She wasn't like a warm, loving grandmother. You would come in and you're like, you look thin. That was, but there was love. That's good. That's good. It was love, but yeah. she was like, you look like shit today, or you hung over. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> like fuck, you know. But that's I, that's a. To me, that's still love. That's still uh, like, she, yeah, she's yeah. worried about me. I'm not, I'm not like looking good or whatever. <laughs> you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, little was, did she know you're showing up hungover. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I fucking went to bed three hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> so no, but it was it was amazing because you would feel the love through her food mm. inevitably, and then being at her home and just just being around her, like she loved that. Right. I got made fun of for being Salvadorian. Also, when a lot of my Mexican friends mm. found that I was Salvadorian, they would mm-hmm. is a really derogatory term. I don't need to, you know, Salvadorians and Mexicans historically do not yeah, get along. Yeah. It's is that good. is that a, an America thing or it's is an, that... it's an, an America thing? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because oh, my oh. my cousins in Mexico are completely oblivious to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it's an, an America thing. So it happens here. It happens here. here. It happens yeah. in Westlake. You know, downtown <laughs> <laughs> because it's probably a gang thing, like 18th Street. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'd say one hundred percent. It's a gang thing. Cal- like big, Southern big, California big streets yeah. just move like prisons, pretty much. So Without a doubt. If those races have problems in prison, they have problems. Without a doubt. In the streets. Yeah, and K Town is weird because it's a very very Salvadorian centric. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, as I got older, oh, I'm Salvi. Maybe I should pay attention. And like, you know, Mariscal Cienfuegos back in the day was a legend, mm-hmm. probably the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. And Zelaya, to be honest, is to me is from what I've seen over the past six, seven, eight years, mm-hmm. uh, probably the best uh, Salvadorian player offensively. Mm-hmm. Has a pretty sketchy past, uh, <laughs> yeah. match fixing and things like that. Um, there's been a lot of rumors and weird things about him that people don't maybe know about. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not overly excited about him, uh, to be totally honest. Um, like, I, like if you're Mexican and you're just because you're Salvi doesn't make me like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know about him. Mm-hmm. So, however, he's a very good player. He reminds me of like a more technical blessing, mm-hmm. um, except with a better shot. His work rate has always been very, very high. His work rate is incredible, and he's always good. played very well against the U.S. and caused problems for the U.S. Um, however, he is in his early 30s. I think he just turned, turned uh, 30 or 31. Yeah, yeah. he's in his early 30s. Um, and then physically, he doesn't look like the healthiest right now. Like, right, he doesn't look right, like he's right. in shape yet. Yeah. He's always been like thick, but he he just looks, he doesn't look in you think shape. think he like, let go looks, a little bit? Yeah. kind of looks like a dad right now. Yeah, yeah, he looks a little bit like a dad right yeah. now. But, you know, he's, again, he's a, his work rate is incredible. He's very tricky and he's he doesn't stop and his work rate is very, very high. He's not like a, I wouldn't call him like a goal scorer, goal scorer, but he can, it's in his pocket for sure. Like it's in his, it's in his wheelhouse. I think his link of play with uh, Rossi and, and Vela could be interesting. I'm just still going to hold out and, and I'm not going to say too much yet because, um, because LAFC for me right now, as far as like offensively is one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very happy that we've been able to maintain our core. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Vela didn't go to Barcelona because yeah. I was about to be super pissed because <laughs> I was gonna have to root against him. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm not gonna say too much about him, like in terms of like what I expect, because 
it, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and a lot. There's a big gray area with him. Gotcha. So we'll see. Those we'll are see. kind of the measured responses that I've been hearing a lot. Yeah. I think. Anyone that's like has any sort of Salvadorian knowledge or anything about like Latin American soccer or anything will more than likely say similar things. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question, usually something that we talk about is, <coughs> since you saw most of your LAFC matches from the press box, right? No, no, no. So I didn't. I, I actually never go in the press box. Oh, really? So I get. I have a season-long press pass, but I usually just go next to Ben and I s- go on the field. Mm-hmm. Or um, I have a season ticket, so sometimes I'll take my season ticket and I'll just go sit with the 3252. Oh, okay. Uh, but primarily I'll be like on the pitch with Ben in front of the 3252. Usually. See how he says the flex is so nonchalantly? 90 percent yeah. of the time, I'm with Ben right there. But I'm, I'm, you know, and me and Ben are not sitting there. We're chanting, we're screaming. So, no. what was your favorite memory of the 2018 season? The opening match, walking to Christmas Tree Lane and being like, "Is this real?" Like the banda, la banda. That's true. Um, seeing something that I would see like at a quinceanera or like at a people dancing, mm-hmm. you know, or like at a really crazy, like at a really dope party. I think tailgate culture, like. People don't. It's funny because when we went to Chivas in uh, Chivas America in Guadalajara, we had a lot of Europeans with us, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What the fuck is going?" On? There was a dude walking around with a goat, like a real goat. <laughs> <laughs> there was, the, you know, the the banda, like I said, they were the same thing, the uh, same yeah. whatever, like five piece, grilling, mm-hmm. elotes, mm-hmm. micheladas, all this this beautiful Mex- these, these things that we love about being in LA. It's part of our culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like they were like, why would I go to the game if in Europe? That doesn't they don't have that at all. Mm-hmm. They go to like a pub and then they go to the stadium, mm-hmm. and then afterwards they just they fuck off. They go wherever. There's no pre post culture. Mm-hmm. For us Latin Americans, we fucking want to party. A party. Yeah, the game's at eight. Cool, we'll be there at at, at noon. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll be there at noon, and by the time we get in the stadium, we're fucking lit. Yeah, <laughs> this is very and true. And beer showers. You know, it was funny. Like. My cousin was there and he brought his girl. I was like, does she know what to expect? She's like, yeah, she'll be fine. I'm like, are you okay with getting beer thrown on you? And she's like, what? <laughs> she, like, she, like, looked at my, she like looked at my, she's like this really pretty little like model girl. And she's like, what? And my cousin's like, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> and when, afterwards I saw her, she's like, someone threw fucking tequila all over me. And I was like, did you, did you hate it? Welcome she's like, to the game, she's like, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I did not hate it. That's she's awesome. like, I loved it. So having that and then seeing everyone from like, all my media friends, all my work friends from like the, the bar world, the you know the restaurant world that I that I like my day to day job is seeing. I, I walked and I was able to talk to like I'm not like again I'm being very douchey right now, but like 30, 40 <laughs> people that I knew very well, mm-hmm. you know, and it was incredible. Yeah. To have all, like I was talking with people that I worked behind a bar with with my uncles, you know, and then with like my Korean homies, and mm-hmm. then with my like. All these people with like all these supporters that we're just meeting and we're, in, we're we're having this vibe, and that all translates 150 percent in the stadium, and it's obvious. It's There's, the camp. It's the campfire. It's the bonfire. It is. Yeah. It is. And and it's something very special because American uh, sports haven't seen anything like this. To be honest, there's tailgates, sure, but like not tailgates in the way we're including you know all these cultures and a place like LA that is. Uh, people always. This is one thing I got. I have to have to say and like. We're used to being told by other people or transplants especially or media, East Coast media, that dominate media. And they tell us what LA is and how it's Tinseltown and how it's glitzy and glamorous and no one cheers and no one gives a fuck. And Galaxy was, uh, to me, in some ways, pandered to that a little bit. Absolutely. In the the name itself. Yeah. We're the city of all the stars, right? Yeah. So that, 
that that bothers me because while that is definitely a part of it, it isn't our city. It's only the goal that there's also the black. Yeah, exactly. Most of those people that are that have stars on that Walk of Fame aren't from LA. Aren't from LA, and so I'm used to, especially in the restaurant industry, you deal with transplants that tell you about your city after being here for six months, and then, well, who do you hang out with? Well, my friends from. Iowa, my friends from Indiana, my friends, I'm like, well, who the fuck do you know from LA, dog? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what are you, what are you talking about? So, and same thing. East, East Coast media is like, oh, look at, look at all these celebrities at the Laker game. So when you go to an LAFC game, that's Los Angeles. Yeah, you pan that, pan that camera up to the 300 section, yo. That's Los Angeles. <laughs> that's LA. That's, that's why I feel so passionately about it because it's not about glitz. It's, not, it's about everything. Mm-hmm. It's about everyone. Yeah. And that is Los that is Los Angeles. You know, like you said, the black and gold, like there is that glitz, but there's the grime, the people working their fucking asses off to the bone. It's so expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. And if you have a family, I don't know how the fuck you do it to be mm-hmm. honest. So for those people that are grinding and working their asses off and they go get to go to the game and mingle and experience and have that and let loose, that's Los Angeles. You're seeing Los Angeles in a real fucking way in, in, in that stadium. So that I mean that all the pride in the world you know, happens there and it makes me super, super proud, obviously. So I had to say that, yeah. That's that's perfect. That's yeah. a perfect way to end it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, Andrew, thank you for coming on. Of course. It's been the FCFC pod. Uh, before we go, Andrew, if you want to drop any of your um, IG Twitter handles um, uh, as well as uh, uh, Kicks to the Pitch. I, I don't know them off the bat. Uh, my, my IG is Drew underscore near underscore post. My Twitter is similar. Uh, at Drew underscore near post and then more than anything just kicks to the pitch I do a podcast weekly um, but it's very cultural based we talk a lot about fashion we talk a lot about the latest boots that drop a lot of the latest collaborations that drop in the fashion world of course we touch on soccer and things like that but uh, we're very very culturally focused so if that isn't your cup of tea that's all good if you're just getting into it I would love to like you know you can I've done over probably like close to 100 shows now with kicks to the pitch so um, yeah, this is obviously my passion, and, and uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, reach out to me, DM me, whatever. People do it all the time, and it's it's very nice to 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 hear from them. And you know, sometimes you're doing things and you think you're just doing it in the dark, and when you hear someone from like wherever reach out to you, it's very nice. So, super open to that. Holler at Andrew, listen to Andrew. Hey, come back and check out another FCFC pod live from Exposition Park. Have a good night, Los Angeles. FCFC. FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA